you have your Bible with you, or you'd like to use one in the back of the pew in front of you, turn with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. The New Testament book of Ephesians chapter 4. This morning we will be reading verses 15 and 16 together. If you're a guest with us, it's your first time back in a while, you're here at a great moment in this time in our church family. We are thinking about the way the gospel moves us together as a family, as a team. And I want to encourage you, if you call this place home and you haven't been able to be here the last couple weeks because there's a lot of things going on in this world, or if you are on the outside looking in, considering this church as a church home for you, allow me to encourage you to visit our website at fbccj.com slash directions. It's a place where you can catch up with the things we're talking about and go a little bit deeper as we apply them into our lives. We've talked about how the gospel causes us to think forward. We don't think about the way things used to be. We think about the way they can be. The gospel calls us upward to give God our highest praise and all the glory. This morning, as we look at the book of Ephesians together, we're going to think about how the gospel the message of movement where God moves in our direction through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to adopt us into his family and moves his Holy Spirit into our lives to unite us in harmony together. That when that gospel hits us, it causes us to commit inward. With all of that in mind, let's read together Ephesians chapter 4 verses 15 and 16 together. This is the word of the Lord. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. With the 10th pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Patrick Mahomes II, quarterback, Texas Tech University. Three months later, and only three months later, Patrick Mahomes II signs his contract and joins the team. The Kansas City Chiefs make the first move and draft this potential superstar. But Patrick Mahomes has to respond to the invitation to get on the practice field, to grow as a player, to join the team and work hard for the glory of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's what happened. And every day since that moment when he was drafted, you see an all 
in commitment to his team. Brothers and sisters, let me be clear. When God makes the first move and brings you into his family, you must respond and move in. You must buy in. You must commit in. When God makes the move to unite us with his son who forms a bride, we must unite ourselves with his family. And just like it did with Patrick Mahomes, it should radically change our lives. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus lets us wear his jersey, we commit our lives to his family. Do you wear the righteousness of Christ? Does the team Christian hang on the front of your shirt? If so, the gospel calls you to move and commit. Brothers and sisters, from this passage in Ephesians, I am calling everyone in this room to make four commitments. These are four commitments you must make to be an authentic, vibrant, glorifying Christian. And if you do not make these commitments in your life, you cannot do what we talked about last week and give God the most glory. And if you want to make Jesus' name look great in this world, you must make these four commitments. The first commitment we must make to his team is to belong. You look at verses 15 and 16 again. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. As great as he is, Patrick Mahomes cannot win a single game on his own. He needs every single one of his teammates to chip in, to belong to the team in order to attain just a single win next season. Brothers and sisters, the Christian life is not an individual sport. It is a team sport. You cannot live the Christian life to the fullest on your own. This text says the church is not a building. It is a body of believers. Did you hear that, brothers and sisters? You're not sitting in a church this morning. The church is sitting in here this morning. We are joined and held together, this text says. If you look further in chapter 4 at verse 25, he tells us to speak the truth again. He says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Why? For we are members of one another. This is the message of the gospel to the Ephesians. Paul is writing to this church to tell them how God has brought the Jew and the Gentile together into one new man, into one new family, into one new team. They once were strangers, but Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, if you want to flip back and look, tells us that these strangers are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. 
Do you see this? It's the point of Ephesians. The gospel brings us in. It calls us to belong. And so I'm going to call you to belong two ways. First, brothers and sisters, some of us need to belong to Jesus. We need to commit to him. The good news of the gospel is you don't have to prove yourself worthy to be drafted. You don't have to do enough work to be selected by Christ. Jesus did everything for you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 tells us that through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you turn from your sin and receive his grace, he will bring you into his family. Brothers and sisters, there's a lot of us who've been coming through these doors, sitting in these pews, and we've never put on the jersey. We've never asked Jesus to put his righteousness in our account to wear his robes. We're walking in this life trying to put enough righteousness on ourselves, And we can play that game and fool a lot of people, but Jesus knows who's wearing his jersey. Some of you need to belong to Jesus. And if God is speaking that truth into your life, do not hesitate any longer. Join the team. Repent of your sin. Put your trust in what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection and be raised to a new life today. But when we belong to Jesus, every single one of us belongs to the universal church. But the gospel calls us further in and calls us to belong to a local church. What shows Ephesians chapter 4 verses 15 and 16 better? I want you to answer this question in your head. What shows this picture better? Hopping from church to church, looking for whatever you like the most? Hanging around a single local church for years, lingering at the fringe, but never uniting and putting your name in the family? Or living out a public commitment as a member of a church family. Later this week, I'm going to put a resource on our website about practical reasons you should belong to a church, that you should be a member. I'm not going to get into that today, but I'm going to give you one just to show you why I believe the New Testament tells us we should belong to a church. The Bible calls me in Hebrews chapter 13 as a leader in the church, to watch over souls. And it tells the church that you should, you should support your leaders because they give account for your soul. Now here's the question. Whose soul am I accountable for to God? Is he going to call me to be accountable for every single Christian that's ever lived? Is he going to call me to be accountable for every soul that lives in Carl Junction? No. Is he going to call me to be accountable for every soul that claims to be a Christian that sits in this room? No. I am only accountable for the people who commit to this team. I'll explain more on why you should belong to a church later this week. But I want you to think about this. Jesus was so committed to the church. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, it tells us that he obtained the church with his own blood. He loved the church so much, he gave himself up for her. And if Jesus is that kind of committed, how committed should you and I be? Belong. The second call the gospel gives us 
is to grow. Verses 15 and 16 again. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Patrick Mahomes did not win MVP his first season. In fact, he rode the bench. For most of that season, he did not start as the quarterback for the Chiefs. He spent that season as in what Coach Andy Reid called the University of Quarterbacks so he could develop. In an article about his player development, the Chicago Tribune wrote, Mahomes sharpened his footwork in the pocket. He learned the offense and how to prepare for games. He sponged lessons from Alex Smith. And each week he would pour over the game plan and treat it as if he was the starter. He committed himself to development and growth for the good of his team. Verse 15 tells us we are to grow up in every way. And I know right now some of you are already down this road. We hear things like this and all we can think of is how many people are in the seats. How many cars are in the parking lot. How much money is being given this Sunday. And brothers and sisters, that is the wrong kind of growth. Our target is Christ-like maturity. Did you hear that? Our target is Christ-like maturity. Let me prove it. Look at chapter 4, verse 13. We're missing so much in chapter 4. I'm doing you a lot of favors sticking by two verses, but I'm, I'm using some context here. Look at verse 13. It says, we, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. If you've been here since I've been here, this is going to sound familiar to you, but Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present Everyone mature in Christ. Why does God give the church leaders to equip the saints? To help his body grow more like Christ. Why does God give every Christian a spiritual gift to help his body grow more like Christ? Why does God call believers to commit to a local body of believers and live for them to help his body grow more like Christ? And why does God care so much about us growing more like Christ? Because it answers the first question, what most glorifies God? A body of believers who grow more like Christ. Let me be clear. This is free. It's not in the notes. God could cut a church membership in half and take the remaining half 
and produce some maturity and growth and Christ-likeness. And you have a picture of a church that's growing. Second Corinthians 3.18 And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Let me get in your neighborhood for a minute. Think about your life over the last three years. What a three years it has been. Think about your life over that period of time. Let me ask you a question. How much have you grown? How much more like Christ are you? How much have you matured? A friend of mine put it this way this morning, and it stopped me in my tracks. If you were arrested for being a Christian... How much evidence from the last three years would they have to convict you? This is not just a personal issue. The glory of God is at stake. Your church family is counting on you here. 2 Peter 3, verse 18. I hope you're with me. Peter says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen? If you wear this jersey, if you wear the jersey of Christ, brothers and sisters, hear me from the authority of God himself, you need to grow like Christ more than Patrick Mahomes ever did on the football field. The third way the gospel calls us is to work. When the gospel works in your life, you work. Verse 16, let's focus there. From Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Can you imagine this, please? Imagine going to Arrowhead one Sunday. You're all excited for the game. The team pours out on the field. Things don't look right. They do the, tip, uh, the coin flip. The game gets started. The offense scores a touchdown. Defense turn. But not a single player on the defense showed up for the game on Sunday. And that entire game, the entire Kansas City Chiefs game is all offense, no defense. Now some of you Chiefs fans are saying, I've seen that before. I know what that looks like. What if, what if everyone played, both sides, but they all played out of position? And just one Sunday, Patrick Mahomes came in to Arrowhead and said, I'm not going to play quarterback today. I'm going to play linebacker. How's that going to go? For the team to consistently win every player needs to do his part. Every team member needs to know their role to embrace it and thrive. The question, who needs to play their part 
for the church to thrive. Paul writes, we all, the whole body, every joint, each part working properly. Verse 12, God calls the saints to the work of the ministry. The pastor is equipped so that the saints on the field can get to work. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. To each, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, look, may God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The all, yes, sir. The only way we can hit the target of maturity, listen, the only way we can hit the target of maturity and show the full glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord, is if every joint, each part, we all work together. Now, some of you right now are saying, well, I don't know. I'm not really, I'm not that level. I'm not mature enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't know my gift. It's not my personality. I'm not holy enough. R.C. Sproul writes, Every person in the body of Christ has a significant task to perform. No one is insignificant. No one is unimportant. Let me apply this to this church family. It needs to hear this. Do you know what this means, brothers and sisters? And I'm talking specifically right this moment to people who've called this place home and to people who've called this place home for decades. You need to hear me as we think forward and we don't let the past dominate how we live today. Do you know what this means? If the church is growing more like Christ, you can't give the pastor the credit. And if a church is not growing more like Christ, you cannot give the pastor all the blame. I'm done with conversations about that's when this guy was a pastor. And do you know what happened when this guy was a pastor? And it's that pastor's fault and it's that guy's fault. It is all of us. We are on this team together. All of us share responsibility for one another. The whole body, every joint, each part. So now I'm coming back to you. What are you doing with your role on the team? You say you wear this jersey. Where are you on the field? From this point forward... Call this place your home, 
You say, this is your team. You play your role. You do your part. You serve the church family. You put in the work. James chapter 1, verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Brothers and sisters, how long are we going to do this? Until we die or Jesus comes home. Hear me. There are no retired saints. There's no Christian Hall of Fame until you die. You may not be working any longer, but you're not off the field. You cannot just choose when to take your uniform off. It doesn't matter what season of life you are in, there is work to be done. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, So with yourself, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. The gospel moves us in. It calls us to commit. The last call I'm going to make from this passage, brothers and sisters, is the call to love. In both verse 15 and 16, it calls us to be a family in love. Now, it's obvious in sports, you don't have to love your teammates to win the game. But in the body of Christ, we will never glorify God and grow like Jesus unless we love like Jesus. Last week, we talked about our number one priority. Our chief concern in this family of God is the glory of God. We care about his name and his reputation above all else. Jesus tells us to love God with all our heart. And in that same chapter, Mark chapter 12, verse 31, he says, The second most important thing is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John chapter 15, verse 13, greater love is no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. I dare you to answer these questions. Can the world look at us and say, I know what team they belong on. I see their love and they don't even have to tell me. Would they look at us and see us laying down our lives? Or trying to keep what's ours? And fight for what we like? Would they see us actively forgiving each other actively looking past wrongs and loving one another anyway? Would they see us giving our time, giving our treasures? Would they see us intentionally, brothers and sisters, listen, would they see us intentionally choosing what's good for the team, even if it's at our own expense? 1 John 
3, verse 18, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. You can say that you love your church family, but what does your commitment say? Love the way Jesus loved you. Lay your life down. Brothers and sisters, I'm just getting started. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine what that kind of church looks like? I'm afraid some of us can't because it's been so long since we've seen it. Brothers and sisters, I've seen it. I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen that glory. I've tasted it. I want to tell you about it. I've seen the glory of God when a people of God belong together. I knew a kid who walked into a basement, did not fit in, did not know anybody, didn't want to talk to anybody, scared of everybody. And I go to two other young men, and I point him out, and I say, I want you to love him, and I want you to reach out to him. And a few years later, the kid who did not fit in was the best man at the other kid's wedding. Because the gospel moved in. You've never seen this side of my wife. But when I met her, she wasn't the lady she is now. First Christian in her family. Didn't know any of the old church songs. Didn't know any Bible verses. And God moved in her life, transformed or made her a child of God. So now there are more people who could say Darlene has discipled them than sit in this room today. Because she had made the commitment to grow. I've seen the glory of God when the family of God works together. And I could point to a lot of examples, but I'll tell you, it was awesome Wednesday night seeing a fraction of the people that are here today sit in this room and work together, talk about what God has done in the kids' ministry this summer and what God could do in the future. It's a micro picture of what it could look like in this church if every member would get it together and work. I've seen the glory of God in a church that decided to love one another. I had a ragtag group of friends and brothers and sisters in Christ that met together and lived together and loved together. It wasn't a Sunday morning thing. We had relationships with one another. And when my first child was born, every one of them was in the waiting room praying. Celebrating the new member of our family. Because we loved one another. What keeps this room from experiencing life like that? We worship the God of self. We cannot be committed 
to ourself and love our neighbor at the same time. Listen, brothers and sisters, there is no I in church. We cannot show up to church and ask, how does it serve me? How does it help me? How does the message speak to me? When the gospel moves in our lives, we have to show up and say, how can I serve my church family? How can I address a need? How can I speak the truth in love? When the message of Jesus and what he did for your sake to bring you into his family, apathy and complacency die. So what does it say when apathy and complacency mark us? The gospel creates an eagerness, a joy, a passion to drive us to be a part of what he's doing. Listen to the call of Jesus. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. If anyone would come after me, if anyone would join my team, if anyone would wear the jersey, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Right now, brothers and sisters, God's trying to speak into your life. And there's a number of things going on right now to try to keep you from doing that. Lock in. Think. I want you to look at the four commitments that the gospel moves us to make. The call to belong, the call to grow, the call to work, the call to love. And I want you before God, your judge, the living God who lives and breathes inside of you, I want you to ask, what commitment is God asking me to make? What commitment does the Lord God Almighty want me to make today? Brothers and sisters, I am calling you to belong. Belong to Jesus. Belong to this church family. And listen, being a member is only step one. Mark Dever writes that membership must be a reflection of a living commitment or it is worthless. I can invite you back on a Sunday night to talk about these things, but you would not come. There are over 500 names that claim to be a member of this church and have not been here since I've been here. They claim to wear this jersey, but they never show up to the game. We have members so com- We have members, active members who show up twice a year. That's not belonging. Maybe you're on the outside looking in and you're like, brothers and sisters, God's doing something here and it would be great if you belong to this family. But God wants you to belong to some family. Is God calling you to grow? Is God calling you to dig deeper, to know his truth better? Listen, that kind of growth is not just a private, personal Bible study. It's knitted together with the family. Whatever God's doing in your life, in the word and prayer, you should be pouring out to other people or it's not growth. Take what God gives you. Share it with other people. Growth is a family project. 
Is God calling you to work? To use your gifts for the common good? Listen, you could get people on a tirade right now talking about the, the world we live in and the number of jobs that are out there and the number of people living on disability. And all they'd have to do is go down range, range line and they got a job, right? But it's too easy. You can live off disability. But brothers and sisters, we better be careful because we want our church family to do the work and live off Christian disability. We want all the benefits of being a part of a church family with no effort. We want paid learning center staff to put forward a vacation Bible school and do the work of ministry and have a handful of people that wear this jersey actually show up but take credit for it and say our church family did vacation Bible school. Listen, brothers and sisters, I am here to declare next year if we do vacation Bible school, it's our church family or we're not doing it. God has called each member, every part, to put in the work. And if we say something's important to the church family, then we better show up at game time. How are we going to make the kids' ministry on Wednesday night that we said was so important three years ago, how are we going to make that happen? Every member, every joint, each part doing its work. If we care about the gospel going to the generations behind us, coming up ahead of us, we can't be sitting off in our own rooms doing adult Bible study. We can't be doing what we want to do, what we think is important. We lay down our lives and we work. Brothers and sisters, is God calling you to love? Maybe you need to forgive someone who's hurt you. Maybe you need to reach out to someone who's hurting. But brothers and sisters, the first step to show somebody that you care is to be present. To be there. And if you love your family, you should be here. You're here today. But too long we have let brothers and sisters wear this jersey and just never be here. And write it off. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more, as you say, you see the day drawing near. Now let me be clear. None of us, including myself, live this out perfectly. All of us, including myself, have room to look more like Jesus, to mature more into the target, the picture of mature manhood that Paul gives us in Ephesians chapter 4. But if the gospel has moved in your life, you cannot receive these challenges and refuse to move. Brothers and sisters, let me be clear. As we close, as we move to worship God in song in response to what he said, listen, the one call we're making is not just to belong to Jesus. We're not only calling people to belong to Jesus. We're calling every single member in here who wears this jersey to respond to God's word in some way. I'm fully expecting as we move to worship God, you're making a commitment 
to belong, to grow, to work, to love. You've got to do something. Because if the gospel doesn't move you to do these things, then maybe it's the fact that the gospel is not in you. You cannot stay still. What is God driving you to do? By the Holy Spirit who empowers us, may we love one another. May we grow more like Jesus to the glory of God. Let everyone who calls this place home, who wears our jersey, commit our lives to the family of God. Amen? Let us pray.